Hey everyone, it's Anton, host of the Discount Podcast. Look man, monies can suck a lot. The weekend's over, you gotta go back to work. Maybe you can't stand your coworkers, which is likely. Whatever the case may be, we can help you make your Monday just a little bit better. Check out our show, the Discount Podcast, where we talk about nonsense and anything and everything. It's always fun, it's not always politically correct, and it's just us. So tune in and let us make the start of your week not suck quite so much. Available wherever you can listen to podcasts. New episodes up every Monday. Discount Podcast, the DP. You didn't expect it, but you might like it. Casual, everybody. The gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. King Kegel. Control Freak will not be joining us yet again because he has flown to Comic-Con. Yeah, this is going to be bastard. It'll be interesting, too, because, like, obviously we're going to get panel news from our normal news sites, but... He already expressed that he doesn't like doing panels, and so we're gonna get, right. we're gonna get the nerd end of SDCs. Well, we're gonna get all the shit from the floor and the exclusive deets, and if he plays any games, we might actually get to hear about what he played, because mm-hmm. you know they always debut games at SDCC. Yeah, but I think he's so. really gonna be mingling with the people. We're gonna get that that ground level nerd uh, uh, intel. Oh yeah, for sure. But we'll cover that in another episode. For now, though, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I got a few things I've been playing this week. So I'm almost through Boost Fury. I, I put it down for a while since the last time I brought it up. Uh, I'm almost finished with that, and I began um, Legacy of Goku 2 again. Uh, and then... I started Fallout Shelter, which turns out to be really good, and my shelter's coming along real nicely. Told you about I that. I always did enjoy. Go ahead. No, I always did enjoy Fallout Shelter. Like I picked it up. You know, I was watching the conference when they were like, "And Fallout Shelter will be available today." Yeah. So I picked it up day one, and I played the shit out of it, and then I just put it down because I stopped. And now I know they've added like in-world raids, yeah. like, outside the vault and all that shit, so yeah, see, there's I so much for me to come back to. I played it at launch, and it was not my cup of tea. And I decided to just check it out and give it another chance, and they've added so much stuff to it that uh, I it's it's a lot better now. I mean, it's been on my phone this time for a, over a week now, and uh, that's way longer than I played it last time. Well, that's good to know. I mean, it's good to know that they added enough stuff to keep your attention, which I guess I can also say for Sea of Thieves, because I know it kind of had a similar problem at launch with not having enough content, Mm -hmm. and now they have a shitload of content, so Mm -hmm. it's actually fun to play. Yeah. And then, like, uh, uh, the new Dr. Mario came out. I got my hands on that. Oh, yeah, how is it? Uh... It's Candy Crush. <laughs> uh, so it's not Dr. Mario is what you're telling me. 
Well, it's Candy Crush with a Dr. Mario skin, which was kind of already known. But the thing is, is that everybody, all the reviewers, whenever a Nintendo game comes out, they always seem to be like, it's really good, it's a Nintendo game. And like Super Mario Run, I think is legitimately a great game. I just don't think it's a $10 game. No, absolutely not. I, I played just a bit of Super Mario Run. I was like, this is not worth the money you're asking from me when I can just yeah. go play an actual Mario platformer. $5? It'd be great. It's a great $5 game. Uh, I yeah, also don't think... $10 is asking just a little too much. Yeah, for $10, it should be something like KOTOR. It should be one of like the big games brought to mobile. Oh, absolutely. Um, See, I... <laughs> I'm scared to play KOTOR on my phone because I'm pretty sure that would just make my battery just go... Yeah. Uh, especially with some of the up-res graphics and stuff that the phones can handle. It's, But you know what? I've been... It's also a 2-gig install before you play any part of it. But, uh, man, I've been really thinking about getting it again. I mean, I would get it for mobile, but then I realized... That's a game I'm going to play on PC, so if I want to play it, I will just install it from my Steam library and play it. Oh, that's... I managed to I, get I that know... one for free from Amazon. Oh, nice. I And yes, I know you don't have a PC to play KOTOR on, so yeah. that's just a me thing. Yeah. But yeah, Uh. anyway, speaking of RPGs on mobile, though. Oh, yes. Go so... on. Well, okay, let me let me finish with, with the Dr. Mario thing real quick. So, I played Dr. Mario. The first 20 levels are free before you gotta start doing cooldown timers, like wait timers, and buying diamonds and all that. And the game oozes from the, just from level one, you can just tell it's gonna have every bullshit mechanic that uh, mobile games have. Everything that has ever so, given... Uh mobile games bad names is going to be in it so all the goddamn microtransactions to be like oh hey if you want to keep going give us five bucks so you get another level yeah or it'd be like uh it'd be like you gotta wait two hours to play this level or you could pay us five diamonds oops you only have two diamonds want to buy some yeah no and... that that's the bullshit why i don't really like mobile gaming well, see, this one in particular suffers because it's both marred by all that terrible mobile platform stuff. It's not as bad as Final Fantasy XV, A Kingdom Reborn or whatever. Um, oh, you mean the one that was just like, what was that, Game of War Fire Age, the Final Fantasy edition? Sure. I don't even know what the thing you referenced is, but it was a terrible game. Um, it freemium out the ass. Uh... But what gets it, it not only suffers from the mobile stuff, it suffers from uh, Nintendoisms too. So, like, they're like, they try to entice you by having the first 20 levels be just free and open to play before you gotta wait. But those first 20 levels are also an entire tutorial. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask. It's how many of those 20 levels are the tutorial for the game? The tutorial for the game is 20 freaking level that's too much tutorial nintendo by you need less tutorial by for a level fucking 10, puzzle game really yeah by level 10 i already knew i'm gonna uninstall this as soon as i reach level Ugh. 
Well, that doesn't speak well for it, but you said it's like Candy Crush, and that's not what I want from a Dr. Mario game. Now, mind you, I don't particularly care for Dr. Mario. I'm not good at it. I don't really like playing it. But I have a certain expectation of what a Dr. Mario game should be, and that is not it. Yeah, it's, um... It still has, like, a bit of a Tetrisy vibe to it. It's it's hard to explain. Uh, try it if you want, but just temper any and all expectations. It's not that. Well, I didn't have any expectations, so they are thoroughly tempered if I ever try it, but the chances of that are very slim. But on the plus side, I found a free game from a developer that I enjoy. So I'm very early on this. My thoughts may change. Like, there could be something that pops up later on down the road where I go, oh, this is actually garbage. But I haven't seen it yet. Um, there's a game in the Google Play Store. Uh, this is another mobile game, obviously. And it's um, Vampire Fall, or Vampire's Fall Origin. It's, uh, now, did they spell it like the PS4 game, like no. Vampire with a Y? No, but in the same... I think that in the same... Uh, way that the PS4 game Vampire with a Y was trying to emulate like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Right. This game is a classic top-down isometric RPG. It's it's Diablo so, or Baldur's Gate. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's well, is it more? I would say more Baldur's Gate because it's not really a real-time dungeon crawl, right? Yeah, but even Baldur's Gate has real-time combat. This has turn-based combat. And I think that that's it. I'm not usually a fan of that. Um, I think it's easier for tiny devs to do, though. Uh, oh, I'd it, agree, because you have less that you have to program in at yeah. one point. It's really, really interesting to compare what this game looks like to what the predecessor did, because it's technically a sequel. The predecessor looks like a trash Flash game, graphically. And now I feel and this like this one actually, yeah, this one, this one's made in Unity, and it looks more like a real game. Um, okay. I haven't had any bits where I could choose uh, dialogue options or anything, but otherwise, pretty solid RPG so far. And it took me three hours before I realized that there were ways to, there were microtransactions, and there were ways to pay the devs. Uh. For an ad-free experience, which I haven't experienced any ads yet. As a matter of fact, I found a person who will offer you... It's a single person in a random spot that I didn't even know about. Like, I had to discover by, you know, exploring. Uh, who will offer you a chance to get, like, like, gold or something for watching an ad. Okay. I much prefer to randomly interrupting my gameplay to give me an ad right no i agree with you there and so they don't force their ads they don't force their microtransactions they do technically exist but you have okay. to look I mean, for them i mean that's fine mm -hmm. if they're not like forcing it down your throat i'll accept that even though you know last week i went on my lovely little rant about uh how microtransactions are bullshit well, generally speaking, they are, but this is a different case. And That's true. It, it's all about how the developer treats the player, I feel. The people who force ads down your throat 
like, okay, sure, you need money, but you're being an asshole about this. Like, there are plenty of games where um, they'll have, like, super difficult gameplay, and every time you die, you get a full video ad that's unskippable. So basically, my my question about this game is because I'm I think I'm I just looked it up and it looks so, like something right up my up my alley. Mm-hmm. You're not kidding it though when you say it looks like Diablo because I'm pretty sure the text is ripped right from Diablo three. Hmm. Yeah. Um, does this game make it feel like it's wait like will I feel like I'm wasting my time? Like, does the game feel like it's wasting your time? No. By doing stuff or is it an is it a game game? That I can play through and no, enjoy, is, and I won't feel like it's just dicking me around. It feels like it's made by a developer who understands what the problem is with mobile games. And so they're like, no, I'm going to make an actual game that just so happens to be made for mobile. See, that I'm okay with. There's no... So I'll probably give it a download and give it a try. Yeah, there's no bullshitty mobile mechanics. There's no... Oh, in addition to uh, our normal turn-based combat, you, you also got cards, because everybody likes cards now. You know what I mean? Like, there's no gimmicks. There's no bullshit. This is just an RPG for mobile. I'm on board with that. And, unlike any uh, any game that I've played, I've, I've tried out a lot of them. A lot of the good rated ones, too. Um, there's a character creator. It doesn't have the most options, but it's nice. It's just nice that it exists. I mean, those old-style games, like, they didn't really have much for options because you really didn't see your character very well. We'll see where where it gets kind of iffy is that I found out uh, right before we were recording tonight, I found out that um, you can actually unlock extra character customization stuff using the uh, the in-game equivalent of diamonds, diamonds being the things that would be the microtransactions. Okay. But, like, yeah. the options they give you at the beginning are satisfying enough. Uh, and then the other thing that I don't know is there's a, there's a way that you can pay the developers for an ad-free experience. They actually give you multiple tiers. I don't know what's more special about any of them. I don't know if any of that provides you with their equivalent of diamond. I mean that's a I mean that that'd be a good thing to look into, yeah. don't you agree? Yeah. Um but what I do know is that the, all the pricings, I think it's like 3, 5 and 7 dollars or something like that. It's it's a random it's a random thing and it, it it's literally a you get an ad-free experience and support the devs. Otherwise, from what I can tell, everything in the game is free. It's all, the rest of the game is free and open. And they have a PvP mode that they implemented, which needs a little bit of work, in my opinion, but uh, it's actually enjoyable. It, it, It doesn't just, it doesn't feel tacked on. You get to keep your experience and I'm only bringing it up because it's usually something that turns me away from games, particularly mobile games. But I don't know. Vampire's Fall Origins, so far, has been a solid game in my opinion. I enjoy it. 
All right. Well, I'll probably give it a pickup. You know what you were saying with the real time, like walking around the world, but turn based combat. You know mm-hmm. what that reminds me of? <laughs> Final Fantasy. Divinity. Pokemon. No, Divinity. Yeah. Because that's a party based RPG that has real time, like overworld, but turn based combat. Oh. Yeah, and it's super like. I mean, Divinity's super pretty, and it's probably the closest you'll get to playing D&D on a computer. Well, yeah, that's uh, Obsidian, right? Uh, No, that's Pillars of Eternity. Oh. And that that's basically your classic Baldur's Gate-style game. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you found a good mobile game, and even one that sounds good to me, because, I mean... It, I'm well documented on this podcast as saying I fucking hate mobile games. Yeah. Um. Everybody. Yeah. I haven't been playing much this week that I wasn't playing last week, so we're just going to skip over me because I haven't really played anything new. Okay. I did manage to kill a Kraken in Sea of Thieves, though, so that was fun. Hey. Yeah, that was a bitch and a half of a fight, and my mic had cut out at that point, so I couldn't hear my other crew. Oh. So I was basically just like, I'm just going to stay below deck and repair the ship while they fight it. Hmm. Occasionally popping up to take pot shots at the tentacles with my sniper rifle. Ha. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we ended up killing it, so that was that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad we uh, actually had the ship survive through it because I was afraid we were gonna die um we don't really have much we have one major news story that dropped last week that I know we're gonna talk about okay so we record this podcast (laughs) we record this podcast on Tuesday so last week we recorded edited and literally Wednesday night or no, I'm sorry. Wednesday morning during the day, Nintendo dropped their announcement for the new model of the Switch. The Ugh. Nintendo Switch Lite, which is their completely mobile version of the Switch. It cannot be docked to a TV. It is only made for mobile. The Joy-Cons are well, fixed. Well, hold on, dude. We'll get into it. But they announced the Switch Lite. It's a portable Switch. That's all you guys say. Yeah, well, I was just going into some of the specs on it. Come on, man. Uh, um, but yeah, so they announced that and they announced it in a bunch of different colors and I know you have feelings on it. I have a lot of feelings on it. I'm very disappointed. And why are you disappointed? I'm curious as to why you're disappointed because this is pretty much exactly what you wanted. Mm, not exactly. So how did... How does it differ from what you wanted? Well, I'll get into that. Let's I'm going to let's break it down feature by feature and talk about like pros and cons here. If you don't mind. Um why would I mind? So, design-wise, I think it's I think it's awesome. Right? Uh I don't mind right. I don't know why people keep saying that the Joy-Cons don't detach because when you look at the device it's like a grown-up Vita. It's pretty obvious that the controls are built in. So it's a weird thing for people to keep pointing out. I don't think anybody would have thought that they would. In fact, I wouldn't fucking call them uh, Joy-Cons. It's just a part of that well, switch. 
Yeah, no, they're not Joy-Cons anymore. And I think the reason people keep pointing it out is because that was a big selling point of the Switch was the fact that you could detach the controllers from the side so you could play yeah. two-player while but, in tablet mode. But as you know, because this is something we have talked about before since we both have a Switch, it, when you're playing the thing in handheld mode, they those Joy-Cons, the, the connection to the system is flimsy at best. Like Yeah, no, I, I'm consistent... I am consistently afraid that I'm just going to break my Joy-Con off. Yeah. Which is why I don't play my high-intense, high-stress games that I have on Switch when I'm on mobile. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But otherwise, the design's cool. I like the D-pad. I hope it's still clicky. I have this real, like, I have this nagging, like, feeling that that D-pad is mushy. I mean, I don't think it will be. I think it'll pretty much be the same D-pad that they currently have on the Switch. I'm hoping that it really is just putting across like a piece of plastic that connects all four buttons of the regular D-pad, because I like the clicky button. Yeah, um, no, the clicky buttons feel really nice unless you're playing Mortal Kombat and you can't hit a fucking combo. It's cool that the colors, that the, it's a solid color that they didn't like color it in a weird way where i know that i know that it doesn't make sense but it it's a little annoying to have the red and blue joy cons and then the black switch for like the regular version the black joy cons then because i wasn't the one making the decision of which switch we got okay, i never liked fair. the red and blue ones but even if you buy cool joy cons like i don't know it kind of sucks that there's no cover for a switch all right yeah no I agree with you. Um, I do. I do like the color scheme though, because it seems like they're going back to like when the Game Boy came out and the Game Boy Color, where it was just like the turquoise Game Boy. I have the blue never. I have not heard anybody bring it up. Also, before before we get into anything, we got to say the same thing that literally everybody said. Why even call it a Switch if it can't switch? Anyway, um, yeah, no, I agree with you, and I haven't heard anybody else bring it up. But these are the colors of the Game Boy Color. I remember going to the store to buy my Game Boy Color, and the choices I had were clear, uh, turquoise, or yellow. And I think that the only difference here is that they offer a gray uh, model for anybody that doesn't want to look dumb. I mean, I'm going to be honest. If I got the Switch Lite, I'd be going for that special edition Pokemon one. Yeah. But that's because it has cool colored buttons and a nice, like, SNES-colored shell. You know, I saw somebody say that that one, they literally said, it's like, why would you get that? It doesn't look masculine. It's a fucking game console, you plebeian. Yeah. Who gives a shit what it looks like? It's also annoying that Nintendo's like, nope, we're still supporting the 3DS. Because it reminds me of whenever the DS was dropping. And the <laughs> DS was a gamble. And so they didn't know, like, Nintendo didn't know if the DS was going to succeed. And so they were like, no, this is part of our, like, our, our three, our tri-corner strategy, or whatever they called it, our three-pillar strategy. They're, uh, the family of consoles we have is GameCube, Game Boy Advance, and DS, and we support them all equally, even though it was clearly a replacement for the Game Boy. Well, yeah, no the shit. Switch Lite and is clearly is... replacing the portable line. The entire point of the Switch was to replace their home console and portable. 
Right, and that's what I loved about the Switch, because it was everything you wanted from a portable, yeah. but in an also home console. Like, it was the best of both worlds. Yeah. Anybody who thought that this wasn't the 3DS's, like, the end of the 3DS is a moron. But I Nintendo feels the need to keep saying, you're not a moron, we're not ending the 3DS. Of course they keep saying it, because they don't want people to stop buying it, because as long as they still have new 3DSs to sell, they want people to keep buying them. But eventually Even it's going to be... is. Well, right. Because all the games are coming out from Switch. Particularly if you're you go out now. New... Yeah, if you go out now and you're like, oh, for $200 I can have console quality graphics or a DS. Like, I think... That's not getting games anymore. Yeah. Or if Happens. it is, they're not games I care about. <laughs> no. It's kind of like when the Vita was at the end of its life cycle... So, you know, six months after it came out. Yeah. Uh, where all the games coming out were either ports of console games that weren't as good, like Borderlands, or they were Japanese RPGs that yeah. you had to get from, like, a specialty retailer because they weren't translated. Yeah. So, yeah. Or Hatsune Miku games. Um, This console's 100 bucks cheaper than the regular Switch. Which is good. Um, what they were able to do... So, okay. Battery life, real quick. The regular Switch gets an estimated... What is it? It's uh, two to six hours... Or three to six hour battery life. Which I don't know who's getting six hours out of any game on that. But... Three... I've gotten six hours of playing, like, low intensity games like i could probably get six hours of stardew out of it but i'm definitely not getting six hours of zelda no that's definitely the two-hour game um and then but the new light is getting three to seven so it's only getting on average 30 minutes to an hour more battery life and the reason it's only getting 30 minutes to an hour more battery life is because they went with a smaller battery i will get into this um I want to talk about the screen real quick. It has a five inch screen as opposed it, it's a five and a half inch screen as opposed to a 6.2 inch screen. So you're losing out on almost an entire inch of real estate. Now, the good news for that is that it would take less power. Probably maybe I really brightness matters. Um, but it's, it would be a higher pixel density. It's kind of how like uh, the game boy micro uh, it's games looked better than the, GBASP. Right, but it was also a pain in the ass to play because it was the size of a fucking credit card. Yeah. Um and what's kind of worrying is games like uh games like Prison Architect um already already have stupidly small text yeah, so on a smaller they're screen they're really going to be even hard harder to read, to read on the Switch alone. Yeah. It's going to be so that much That fucking work. game is hard to read on the PC. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, definitely not in optimized text there. Uh, now there are certain things that this Switch can't do. Most of them I don't care about. It can't play 1-2 Switch comfortably. Um, because you need Joy-Cons for that, not necessarily a dock. There are no games that really require a dock. And so since all games need to be able to play in handheld mode anyway, and there are a lot of games like City Skylines that do better in handheld mode, I think that the the Switch Lite will be fine for playing games. 
Uh, I don't think anybody's questioning how good it's going to be at playing games. Well, though. you should because they're underclocking it. I'm going to get to this. Yeah. Um. So uh, one of the one of the things though is that clearly this one's marketed to four kids. I think uh, they they came out with a gray version, and obviously there are people who like me who prefer playing in portable mode. Um. Although I, for me now, I think that there's just too many features cut. But uh, but for a hundred bucks cheaper, more parents would buy it for their kids. And um, the only issue there is if those same parents wanted to buy Nintendo Labo, they're fucked. Because that is another oh, thing yes. that would not be compatible with this. Nintendo Labo ex- extensively uses Joy-Cons and the IR Blaster Finger Connect. Yeah. Oh God, I didn't even think about. You know, that's the first time I've thought about Labo since it launched. Oh, it's been doing pretty good right now. Um, they're. I know. I know it. I know it has. It's just. You you know that wasn't marketed towards people like me though. Well, given what you can get in and program with, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was something you were into. But no, I agree. It's it's more for kids. It. I think that Labo is an awesome way to get kids to do something constructive. Literally. Yeah, it's either Labo or Gundam models. Pick one. Yeah. They're both Uh, about the same price. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay, let me just get into some of my ranting here. Uh, By now, everybody and their mother has covered what it does. And, like, if you need to know, oh, what are the features of the Switch Lite? Just go watch the trailer. That's where every... There's no information other than the one trailer they launched. It's crazy that every news outlet has come up with separate articles to just say that. Let's not. I, I think I posted the trailer to our Facebook group, but if I hadn't, it'll be up by the time this podcast goes up. So here's the thing. But Light is right. Everybody and their mothers covered this because we're a week late. Yeah. Well, people are still doing it. Um. So, so here's the thing, though. Um. The... The battery's smaller, the screen is smaller, um, they cut out HD rumble, and uh, all of these are things that bug me. Here, when it comes to rumble, okay, cut out HD rumble, yes, that, that'll probably save you a little bit of extra battery life. Um, and also, no game truly utilizes it. However, every fucking phone has a vibration function, you can't tell me that you couldn't have put a baseline rumble in the console. Fuck. We've had rum- rumble since the fucking PS1. But I mean, like, small enough to fit into a mobile device. We've had rumble since flip phone. That, yeah. No, or, you're right. Beyond the, the first Nokia phones that could play Snake, like the first time that phones started having screens, those had rumble in. Fuck, you know what I just realized? I had a game for my Game Boy Color that had a fucking rumble pack in it. The whole HD rumble that they have anyway is probably just having, like, three rumble in each Joy-Con, right? Right. So cut out two of them, but leave one. It doesn't have to HD, but having that feedback is nice. I'm glad that they kept gyro aiming. I was always saying that they were going to cut out the finger connect. Um, because it's just too much tech to have on there anyway. Now, 
they went with a smaller form factor. It's not that much smaller, but it's small enough that the old battery doesn't fit. Here's the thing. Nintendo's already filed a patent. They, they've begun giving better SKUs to developers right now. Uh, it's hard to get the NVIDIA X1 SoC that the regular Switch uses because that's now legacy software. NVIDIA doesn't make it anymore. Instead, they came up with a new one. It's still the X1 architecture, but it's smaller. And Nintendo's putting that in both their consoles. The regular Switch is getting a quiet update. It's not a Switch Pro. The regular Switch is getting a quiet hardware update that's going to have the same internals as the Switch Mini. However, it's going to have a bigger battery life. It's going to have all the, all the functionality of a normal Switch. It's just going to run better. And it's going to run longer. So at that point, what's the point of the light? I mean, I think you made the point of the light. It's the cheaper alternative for parents who don't want to spend $300 on a console that, but let's I be would, honest... I would have liked to have a Switch Lite. Uh, I don't think well, that they need to make this... I don't think that they needed to make the screen smaller because it still has that stupid fucking inch-high fucking bezel around the entire screen. Right. That's but, annoying. No, what, I, what I was going to say, though, was, you know... A lot of parents, because of the issues we were talking about with the Joy-Cons, I'm sure a lot of parents looked at that and went, that's going to break okay, if I but, give it but to my let's, child. Let's take that a little further. This new Switch includes absolutely zero. Um, uh, uh, fuck. Use your words. Yeah, I'm going to get there. Let me retake it. Hold on. No, uh, no, we're just going to keep going here. That's fine. The new Switch has uh, literally, like, you can't you can't take the Joy-Cons out. That's fine. Um, but it has zero cover. There we go. So, if keeping the Joy-Cons attached was to make the system sturdier and less prone to breakage, and you have a system that has a known problem with drift when it comes to their left thumbstick, why in the fuck would you release a new system that does not come with any sort of cover to protect your protruding thumbsticks? You hmm. can't just slide this into a pocket. It's going to hook onto your fucking pants. That Yeah, no, that's true. And then it'll probably turn on because the switch, you know, turns on at the slightest button press. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll burn your side because it'll start overheating in your pocket and then burn you. The other thing is, is I used to argue with some people whenever this was just rumored that... Uh, me. You be, argued with me. It wasn't just you. But because the Switch has USB-C, then even if it doesn't fit in a dock, it's not like you ever truly lose the ability to play on the TV. The fan would just kick in higher, right? Right. Wrong. This Switch has software designed to make sure that even if you went out and bought the adapter that allows you to hook the switch to the TV without a dock, it won't work. Well, that seems stupid. Yeah. No, no, you know what? No, that doesn't seem stupid. That is stupid. It is stupid. I mean, that goes and back I've to what you people, were saying. I've seen people say, like, oh, well, this is because, you know, the smaller architecture utilizes a smaller fan, and so you don't want the switch overheating. But, again... Come September, the mainline switch is going to have the same fucking architecture. 
the switch light and the switch regular the just regular switch the light switch and the switch are both going to have the same internals except one of them's going to have a larger everybody's been making it uh they're both going to have the same internals but one's going to have a bigger battery bigger screen and one's not I mean, it it's be, that price. It's that price tag, man. That two hundred dollars is going to be real fucking. What? Well, yeah. Uh, no, it's, I. It's. I get you, but like, the most the most disappointing thing about this is that, if you think of all the rumors for Switch before it came out, when everybody was talking about Nintendo's uh, next console and whatnot. Everybody was real close, but Nintendo still came out of left field with the Switch. And it was incredible, right? Right. This time, the way that Nintendo bucked tradition was by doing exactly what everybody said, down to even the bad parts. (laughs) Yeah, no, they they had a really good opportunity here to make something that would have been a good alternative to the Switch standard. It does not have to be. Even if you're calling it light, because I remember the DS light was legitimately superior to the DS because it wasn't super well, clunky, but they still managed well, the to DS... slim it down and improve battery life. Well, and that the other thing was it was slimmed down and improved the battery life and it had a better screen. That's why it was called the DS light because it had a better lit screen. Mm. Yeah. At least that's what I always thought of, of it, because that's why... Well, I thought it was light just because, you know, it was a smaller system, but... I mean, that might have been too, but I, I had my old clunky DS until the 3DS came out. Oh. Because I remember I was going to go buy a DS Lite, because I was... My eyes were starting to hurt from playing on the old DS, mm-hmm. and I wanted the bigger screen. So I was going to buy a new one, and then I saw, oh, the 3DS is coming out in a month. I'm just going to wait. Mm-hmm. And then I bought the 3DS, you know, at its retail launch. And it was about the size of a DS Lite. And I bought it for way too much money. So they gave me the Ambassador Program shit. Yeah. And a lot of me... Yeah, because it was 250 and then it was suddenly marked down to 170 Right. And a lot of me feels like Nintendo's just repeating that problem with the Switch Lite, like... I almost think for the features that it's missing, two hundred is is still too expensive. Yeah, it's it's a hundred dollars cheaper. That's for it's a hundred dollars cheaper, but I don't think they cut a hundred dollars out of it when we know, like it's not like it's not like the that these compromises had to be made just because the uh, just because they were still using the same SOC. Like it's a brand new SOC. It's smaller and more power efficient. And they underclocked it. And like that, it bothers me when you see everything they cut. Again, there could have been some rumble in here. They could have used a bigger battery. They could have used a bigger screen. It could have had the same size screen, which would have allowed it to have the same size battery. Yes, it wouldn't have been as much smaller. But it's not like it's not like this thing is massively tiny in comparison. Well, and it's not even like the mainline Switch was that big. No, it, it, like the mainline Switch... It's a pretty small console in all I think, regards to everything. Yeah, I think most people would agree that, like, if Nintendo just, like, did away with the bezels and glued the Joy-Cons on, it, it, the Switch is fine. Like, it's it's highly portable. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is one of it is the best portable system available. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, because that that's what it's designed for. That's what those marketing commercials showed us with the people on the rooftop parties. Yeah. Oh, speaking of rooftop parties, there's no kind of kickstand for the Switch Lite. Oh, good. So they're literally taking away the feature of, hey, I brought my Switch, I have a controller, let's play Mario Kart, or as the, you know, trailer showed, let's play NBA. Well, clearly they must want everybody to just have to buy their own now. They were like, we fucked up with this whole two-player thing. I mean, maybe they did, and maybe I, I honestly don't know the numbers for how many people actually use that kickstand mode, because I know Nintendo has numbers for it. Yeah. But, you know, I can say that in the time I've owned my Switch, like since release, there have definitely been a couple of times where I have been somewhere, and I have pulled my Joy-Cons off my Switch, handed one to my friend or my sister, and said, let's play Mario Kart. Yeah. And then we did, because we didn't have a dock with us, and we still wanted to play Mario Kart. And I would say, I was pleasantly surprised by how well that actually looks in split-screen mode on that tiny six-inch screen. Yes, it's going to look worse on a five-and-a-half, though. Well, absolutely. I mean, crisper, this but isn't... harder to play. It's not, des- it's not designed for that, though. Yeah. It's not, obviously, with no kickstand... And no removable Joy-Cons. But see, even with the kickstand thing, dude, like, imagine you were just at home and you just wanted to prop it up on on a table because, you know, they finally got their shit together and put Netflix on it. Like... Oh, yeah. I I didn't even think of that. There are plenty of times where you would need a kickstand. I guarantee you that the one of the accessories a third party makes, the one of the first accessories we get from a third party for the Switch Lite is going to be a kickstand. Well, it's going to be a case that is a battery, a kickstand, and fucking bubbles out from the back of the controller to make it more ergonomic. Yeah, no, absolutely. It'll just be a rehash of the case that has the battery and the kickstand already built in that they have already. But it is ridiculous. What's going what's gonna to be weird is... So I, meant, I keep saying this with authority... Uh, I just, it's because of patents and stuff that everybody, that people know about this and that I know about it. But when the new model Switch comes out, the one that they're not, see, if we do end up seeing a Switch Pro, that probably won't be until next year. Um, Especially since when the Switch Lite drops, I think that Nintendo will see a bump in both. There will be those who go, oh, cool, it's finally cheap enough. Uh, I can replace my 3DS. I want to get into this ecosystem and buy it or, you know, they buy it for their kids or whatever, whatever reason somebody would buy a switch light. Um, but there will also be people who scoff at it and like, well, I got the money. Why don't I just buy the better one? Like I was even talking to my brother about this and I was like, to be honest, this system seems like it'd be more up your alley. And he goes, yeah, but even with all the features they cut, why, why would I bother saving a hundred dollars for them to cut all those features when I could just buy the main one? I don't give a shit. I'm not a kid. I can, I don't have to worry about breaking it. Right, and that's going to be the big problem, but, you know, we'll see what happens when it actually launches. I'm curious as to what the sales numbers for the Switch Lite are actually going to be. But it's going to be awkward I mean, when people start noticing, hey, did you know that the regular Switch is consistently getting better battery life? 
because no, it's again, definitely gonna be it's that it's definitely gonna be awkward as shit. Yeah, when the light drops, sure, it'll have better battery life than all current model switches. But when it drops, there's gonna be a stealth launch of the new SKU. And so suddenly the base switch, the three hundred dollar switch, is going to be not only have all the features that are cut from the light, but outperform it. And it's yeah. be, then you're really going to be wondering, like, did I really save anything with that besides that hundred dollars? Like, is that hundred dollars is that worth it? I think that no. I think that they are selling a hundred and fifty dollar machine for two hundred bucks. Whereas no, the, which currently absolutely. I do think it's worth three hundred. No, it it no, it super is th- worth three hundred. I've gotten three hundred dollars worth of time and enjoyment out of my Switch, if not more. I haven't played my Switch in two months, and I feel like we got our $300 worth out of it still. And we don't even have a game, much of a game library. I mean, and that's the thing. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I have a bigger game library than you, but even if I just had, like, Zelda, Doom, and Smash Brothers, I would be getting my mm-hmm. $300 worth out of it, because Zelda is a massive game. Yep. Doom is just, it's Doom. Even if it does run a little bit worse than it does on console. No, but console, yeah, the, any of the mainline doomed. console games on it are incredible and worth it. Yeah, and then obviously Smash Brothers, that's the best party game in existence. Yes. So, even if I just had those three games, I would get my full value out of the Switch. And that's not even mentioning the massive indie library that the Switch has. Although that is a thing, though. I do think that the Switch does have a little bit of a problem with game with its game library. And the Switch Lite is launching. I don't think that Nintendo's online service is worth it yet. No, I would and say not. Where's our virtual console? Where's our fucking apps? Like... There's so many things missing from it. Why is there no Netflix or YouTube on it? There's so many things missing that if... I think YouTube actually is on it now. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) But there's so many things missing from the Nintendo Switch as far as as online is concerned and just other software things and other quality of life things. If those existed, I think that I wouldn't be as disappointed by the light. Agreed. But as it stands right now, yeah, it, it feels like Nintendo is being Apple. Yeah, just releasing a smaller version of their better phone? Yeah, just in, like, releasing something, uh, Sony at its cockiest. Just releasing a device and being like, no, you'll buy it because it's us. Hi, PSP Go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I want to I want to briefly touch on a couple of other things regarding the switch and then I'm done. Um, so developers have been getting new dev kits. That's another reason we know about the, the new SKU. That's kind of the secret one. Right. Um, they've been getting new dev kits. Here's the thing. I this might be on a lost episode. I talked about I had watched a teardown of the switch and learned a few things. Yeah, I'm sure it is on the lost episode, but go on. I said that uh, back then I was saying, surprisingly enough, the way that Nintendo did their built-in storage, they actually left it open to where it would be easily upgradable. 
in the hacking scene, I know somebody who actually desoldered their 32 gigs, and they currently have a 256 gig switch. Now, is that in addition to the micro SD you can put yeah. in? Like you can put a micro SD in on top of that. This is just like they you don't have to desolder for a micro SD, dude. Like they went well, in. I know that. They went in. There's actually it's it's two 16 gig modules of EMMC, and you can it's uh it's got two more open spots that you can add to. That's why I was always saying like if they did an upgrade, the first thing you'll notice is they're gonna upgrade storage because it's actually built for that. And um, having that 256 that they had, uh, that's actually already built in the software to understand and utilize. Right. So, so for, okay. it could have had more storage from the get-go, mm -hmm. which it probably should have. It should have. I think the that... games they were launching. Mm -hmm. I think that they should have done a dual model. Uh, and since they right. didn't, now that they're now that we're gonna have two models, I think that the light should come with the 32 gigs, and they should just bump the baseline up to 64. Especially I mean, I given agree. that I, I Nintendo think is saving release... so much more money with the new system on a chip they're using, it's nuts. But go ahead, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I think they should just release it with the 250 gig storage and be done with it, because then yeah. People can upgrade with another. Yeah, but under, you understand SD. though, they're not they're not using like flash memory. They're using EMMC, and like that's even pricier than like SD and flash. Oh, I know it is. I'm just saying. Yeah. With how big games are getting now, you know, you can't mm -hmm. release a 32 gig console. Yeah, and you, if you really do want to start taking over uh, online and doing online services, then yeah, you. Gotta have storage on your system. Um, yeah, but I prefer cartridges, though. I just—I really mean, like, I do enjoy yeah. cartridges. Um, but anyway, uh, so the thing is, though, generally speaking, the Switch has four gigs of RAM. Um, that's usable at any point. The, the developer kit has six gigs for some reason. Uh, well, RAM is always good, so I won't yeah. complain. But if but it the is if the consumer model only has four then yeah it's weird that they issue. program with six well here's where it gets weird the new ones the new skus that devs are getting the new development kits uh for the nintendo switch are coming in with eight gigs of ram and so that's why i'm almost certain that a switch pro is in the future oh i mean more than certainly there'll be a switch pro and it'll probably have a bigger screen but, and a more powerful processor. Yeah, but it's real interesting. And better cooling systems. Maybe. The inside of it, I mean, it is built pretty cool. I cannot hate on the Switch because you expect a tablet, especially since, like, it's technically mobile architecture, you know? You expect right. a tablet, but you pop it open, and it's a console. And it's right, like, wow. exactly. But, um... But... What's a little disappointing with these with these new chips that they're getting is you really would have thought that when Nintendo uh, changed the internals of the Switch that they would have gone from a like a Tegra X1 to a Tegra X2. I mean, yeah, you'd think they'd go with the better processor. But, in, but instead, they're going from a Tegra X1, which is just a Tegra K1 that's been 
uh, you know, tweaked a little to be more power efficient to a new version of the Tegra X1. So it's the Tegra X1, but now with overclocking. Basically, it's like uh, it's like if 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 the Tegra X1 could fit in a tablet, the version that they have now could fit in a phone. Now, right. To be fair and honest and truthful, like either one could fit in a phone. I'm just, but that's why they're fair able enough. to make the switch light and able to make it smaller. It's because of this new because architect. they're using a smaller yeah. processor. Yeah. But the new processor is also what's going in the baseline switch as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and God only knows what will happen with the Pro. They'll pro- what I think the Pro will finally do is uh, unleash the clocking that they've been doing on the uh, the underclocking they've been doing on them. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. And I, I hope the Pro will run games better. Like, I, I still haven't gone back and played Mortal Kombat on the Switch in forever. Yeah, I should really do that to check and see if there's still a fucking frame issue. It's so weird for them to release this new, this new baseline switch that they're going to be coming out with too. Like it's weird that they're going to release this and not take use of that power. Or if they do, it's going to be silent. It's kind of like how the Game Boy was actually a pretty big step up from the or the Game Boy Color was a pretty big step up from the Game Boy. But, like, what, Pokemon Crystal was the only Game Boy Color-only game? Like, there weren't a whole lot of games that were exclusive to Game Boy Color. Right. Or took advantage of that power. Unlike the DS, where when they dropped the DSi, they did make games that were DSi only. No, I, and I remember that, but they yeah. those were games that specifically used the camera on the DSi. Oh, well, yeah, most of those games also and... used the extra processing power, too, but... Yeah, well, that I mean, that's the same thing. At least yeah. we haven't seen that with, like, the PS4 and the Xbox One X. Yeah. Like, where there's games that legitimately are only PS4 or Pro or Xbox One X. Yeah, and you know what? I'm actually going to take back my my being upset that they didn't use an X2 because at this point, with NVIDIA figuring out how to make them more efficient and whatnot, an X2 would basically... they It'd have to be the next generation of Switch. So... Yeah. Because there would be way too much power. You'd literally be underutilizing all of your power, or games would have to be ridiculously different between portable and dock. Absolutely. But, yeah, all so, uh, just my biggest thing is, is that, as of right now, I think that the Switch Lite is a big disappointment, and the only people who would be interested in it is somebody who is is a parent or somebody who wants a second Switch, but... Ah, man, they're going to have to come out with a model with a better battery or something. It, it, at the very least, we need a better battery. No, absolutely, I agree with you. And you know, I totally forgot because I'm on, I've been on this Switch kick. I did have dumb news for you today. But it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm past well, it now. I, I'm too angry to talk about it now. All right, well... I got a couple new games that got announced that I want to talk about just because they look n- neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, uh, Modern Warfare Multiplayer Universe is teased, so I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm is not it even sure weird? I want to know what that is. Is it weird that they keep doing this, uh, that they keep talking about Modern, or no, Modern Warfare is the one that drops this year. I've been seeing a bunch of Black Ops stuff. 
Of course you have, because Black Ops is still the popular one currently. Well, I well, for I thought that it's the next year's Black Ops that they've been showing off. Oh no, no, no! This has all been Modern Warfare. Yeah, no, I'm but... saying like I've been seeing some stuff on Black Ops, and I'm like, dude, they didn't even launch this year's Modern Warfare. Why are we talking about? Because I'm pretty sure in Activision realizes Black Ops is the seller now. Like, that's the one people wait for is the new Black Ops. Because that's the one that's still, in theory, good. You remember how they talked about how this uh, Modern Warfare, it's going to be like a reboot and it's going to have like a darker tone and more realism and stuff like that. And like, it's going to be serious and tear-jerking. I don't don't know how you can get much darker than a nuke going off and watching a soldier slowly die of radiation poisoning, but you know. Yeah, um, I but, guess we'll just be executing children in the street. Well, if you like uh, a lot of early people before E3 were and even during E3, they've been saying that it's like if no Russian was the whole game. Yeah, no, I know what they're saying. OK, did you this... know? That no, there's been some huge controversy there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, talk... I did know that. Well, I want to talk to you about this because like. It, we occasionally bring these type of people up and stuff like that. But after E3, dude, all I saw were these videos of people, random, you know, gaming channels, which I'll put in air quotes, because let, let's face it, it's just a dickhead with a camera. Um, It'd be like if we tried I mean, to, to call ourselves... to be fair, ourselves... we're just dickheads with microphones. Yeah, but we're not trying to call ourselves journalists. That's fair. Um, Or an outlet. We don't, we're not contacting anybody trying to get press passes. Anyway, we're yep. just we just talk about games casually. Um, but anyway, it was all about how these SJWs are crying and whining about how serious uh, modern warfare is because their little snowflake brains just can't handle the awesome. And then it'll be like Christ. a forty-five minute video ranting about these people who were supposedly outraged, and like. Most of the quotes that you get is like, like they'll all source one single journalist who was like, "Yeah, it it actually made me kind of uncomfortable to play with the with the you know subject matter it was handling." And it's like, if you read their article, it, it doesn't. It, it's not like they're like, "Oh, Call of Duty should be banned." They're just like, "Yeah, Call of Duty actually pulled emotion out of me. Crazy, right? Yeah, you know what I mean." But. Well, that's the whole thing. That's what they're going for. They're going for what yeah. you felt in the no Russian mission. They're going for what you felt watching Private Miller legitimately die of radiation yeah. poisoning. But see, that argument like, that you're making now, for. if you take the argument that you just made now, which is absolutely true, but if you just twisted it and like if you upped your anger level to 11 and then directed it at somebody who didn't say anything bad about Call of Duty, just pointed out that it's legit. Uh, that's what these people were all complaining about. Yeah, well, the there are a are lot of videos it. of of people talking about this supposed outrage, and and all I could think while seeing it is like, I'm only seeing one outraged group. Yeah, the outraged group is the group that's complaining these about videos the about. <laughs> yeah, and even, they're just skewing what people are actually saying, so it fits their narrative of the snowflakes are angry. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just wanted to bring that up with you. I didn't know if you saw that or anything. No, I've seen it. I just kind of ignore it because those people are idiots. They really are. I'll be honest. I haven't 
been looking forward to a Call of Duty game so much. I, I'm not even looking forward to the multiplayer. I just want to see what they do with the story. Yeah. that That's all I care about with this one. Um, Moving on from that, though, uh, some old Bungie devs have teased a new sci-fi shooter. I have been meaning to talk to you about this. This was one of the things I forgot to put in my notes last week. What do you? Uh, how do you feel about that little teaser they 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 dropped? I'm pretty excited. I mean, they're former Bungie, so I trust what they can do with it. The um the lead developer is actually like one of the legit co-creators of Halo. Yeah, I know. I I forget his name, and if I was better at this, I would know it. And you'd think I would with how much I uh suck love Halo. Halo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, I saw that. And, you know, if that's who's behind this game, it, the only thing that worries me about it is that it's just going to be Halo again, but with a different skin and maybe some slightly different gameplay. Yeah. So that that worries me a bit. But at the end of the day, I mean, the trailer excited me. I'm excited to see what comes of it, and I yeah. hope we see more soon. Yeah, for me, man, that trailer in particular, it 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 gave me like Mass Effect Universe vibes, Star Trek vibes, and Halo yeah. vibes. And like, I don't know, I'm a sucker for sci-fi. If you if you have a world that looks pretty enough, I'm I'm down. Well, no, I I am also a sucker for sci-fi, also for cyberpunk. Yeah. Well, this is why um, we talk. So. It that's true. Uh, a couple more quick games to talk about before we wrap up here. Yeah. Um, I was browsing Facebook, and I I follow Playway on Facebook. They're the same people who do my U boat the that U boat game I backed on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they posted a new game that they're working on. Which fucking hell, Playway? Just release one of the eighteen thousand games you've announced. I feel that way like, for uh, Deep Silver. Or no, no, no. THQ Nordic. Yeah. No. It, I. So, oddly enough, I'm just redirected back to this old Tonka game I used to play. And uh, one of the quotes from it was, um, this old prospector type guy would just yell at you and be like, finish one job before you start another. So, that's all I can hear in my head. But they've announced uh, Chernobyl 1986. And from what I saw from oh, the trailer... Oh, okay, okay, this is what you... Okay. Yeah. It looks like... Um, Weird. It looks like... Uh, oh, fuck, what the hell? This War of Mine kind of thing. With how the gameplay is going to play. But it's like a oh, strategy game where you're trying to... Yeah, a little bit. But it's like a strategy game where you're trying to clean up after the Chernobyl disaster. And yeah. I know why they're making it. They're trying to capitalize off the popularity of the HBO show. Oh, Here's be fair. I, I am Game development fair. takes a while. This could have been a thing. Chernobyl's been on people's minds for a while. Uh, but right That's before... True. Now, granted, making a TV show takes a while, too. So maybe they did know. Maybe they did copy. Who knows? But uh, there was also... I'm not saying... I'm not saying they copied. I'm well, saying I that mean, they're trying to play going... off the hype because people yeah. are still hyped about that show. That's what I mean. But uh, right before the HBO show started, there there was also a podcast that was covering it in the way that like uh, like like Slow Burn covers uh, whatever topics, you know, right? Like well, a documentary either, either podcast. 
no, no matter what the, I actually have to listen to that because I was curious about it. It's good. The game looks pretty fun because it looks like you're controlling like the workers at Chernobyl and the rescue crews to try to handle the issues that came up during the Chernobyl disaster. It looks so, so weird, dude. Like, it looks like kind of cartoony and kind of realistic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. it's I. It looks like something that I would try out. Yeah. But oh, it totally looks up your alley. My my whole issue with it is, you know, like there was a very specific series of events that happened during Chernobyl. How is the replayability going to be on this game? Like, mm. what are the fail conditions going to be? Like, if you don't do something fast enough, like they at the end of the trailer, I don't know if you saw this, they showed the molten slag from the reactor mm -hmm. right above the water pit. Yeah, and I did watch that trailer, dude. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I'm just... I'm just explaining to you the part that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, that is actually a point in the Chernobyl disaster that molten slag was heading towards the cooling pit that was below the reactor. Yeah. Like this giant water thing that if it would have hit, it would have caused another steam explosion and blown up the rest of the reactors. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's going to be like a fail condition. Like if you don't get somebody down, if you don't catch that soon enough, you blow up the rest of the facility and now you have more problems or you just lose. Mm. So uh, I'm curious to see. What's that? What's that uh, grand strategy game that uh, our old DM played the shit out of? Oh, Hearts of Iron? Yeah, there you go. Um, don't they but, have options where you can make World War II play out differently and it has to adjust dynamically? Yeah, they have alternate reality scenarios. So I think that this game would be something like that. Like maybe you get I extra so. points if you're able to do it, you know. If you're like able they to... did in the... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like they did, like actually, or if you can do it better. See, that's, do it worse. that's why I paused is because I was like... Well, no, because I said extra points, but uh, yeah, I, I was I was gonna say if you could make events play out the way they did in life, but then I'm like, well, wouldn't it be better if you could save? But then again, nobody died in that, right? <laughs> in Chernobyl? Yeah, a lot of people died. Really? <laughs> like like a lot. Oh oh, I'm um. Oh, I I cannot believe I just did that. I I just briefly confused Chernobyl for Three Mile Island. Oh my god. Very, very different scenarios. Oh very similar. different out it's, it's very different outcomes. Yeah, yeah. Chernobyl had, you know, a couple hundred thousand people die of radiation poisoning. They still have the exclusion zone, like I feel so dumb right now. You can tell I haven't. You can tell I haven't listened to that Chernobyl podcast or watched the show. Um, <laughs> as a matter of oh. fact, as a matter of fact, towards the end there, I started off good. I just kind of confused it at the end, but towards the end there, my mental image of Chernobyl going down was X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh dear God! Which you know, I... the end finale mm. of that shit movie actually takes place at Three Mile Island. Yeah, I know it does. 
Oh god. Buddy. Buddy. You gotta save me in the edit. I can't. Nothing can save you in the edit. Just cut it all over uh, now. One final game that I saw. It's a Kickstarter no, it's that's not. currently on hold. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. It's not a Kickstarter anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> um uh, the game is called Raw, and it's an open world survival game made by Killer Whale Games. Looks super neat, because it looks like the roleplay servers for Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. They just made a game out of that and kind of combined it with Arma. It reminds me of a long time ago. Um, there was In a galaxy be... far, far away. Yeah. There was going to be a game for Xbox called True Fantasy Live Online. And one of the things I remember was you didn't have to be an adventurer in this MMO. Like, they they were doing a jobs system where you could just be a chef. And, like, your missions and progressions were based around, you know, being a chef and, like, uh, getting the food and chopping it up and serving it and whatnot. Or you could be a mailman or, you know what I mean? And so, like, whenever they, whenever this game first was, like, yeah, it's an MMO, but maybe you just want to run a shop and you got to make sure you get inventory or maybe you want to run for mayor. And I was just like, it's like it's like they saw that and they, they were like, this would be great if it wasn't fantasy. No, absolutely. And I want to know who the fuck wants to run. You know what? No, I can't say that because EVE Online has player corporations, so there's definitely people yeah, who want no, to do I, that. I got to be honest. This game looks cool as fucking shit. And way too ambitious. It looks so overly ambitious that I think it has to fail. That's the kicker right there. It looks really good, and the trailer looks really pretty. And the promises the sound like they're right out of the mouth of Peter Molyneux when he's at the uh, <laughs> highest. When he is when he's at the happiest he could ever be during development, and then he explains Maximum to you what Molyneux. his game is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, this game definitely has Peter Molyneux dripping from it so i i think even with all the promises they're making like the fact that you can open a shop you can run player businesses you could be a bank robber a cop you could just travel the island and see the sights yeah how about that you could buy an island and then just hang out on it like a fucking they do a lot in that trailer being like hey your life shit (laughs) get this fake one well it reminds me so much of the trailer for Grand Theft Auto Online. It reminds it really me of does. GTA Online, uh, State of Decay, Second Life. It's like only the good parts of every single game I just named. Allegedly, this game is just well, they're... only your favorite parts of those. So there, I, w- I did go to their website and they directly reference Rust and Arma Life. Which is weird. In their What's inspiration for this game. I have no idea. I assume it's Arma, but it's a life sim. Like, when you said that GTA Online had a roleplay server, uh, whenever we discussed this pre-recording, the, that's all I could think of later on whenever you mentioned Arma Life. And, like, Arma Life, is that just, like, a roleplay server for Arma? Um, opening up the website right now. Oh, you're going to actually look um, it up? Yeah, okay. It's literally just 
a server for Arma, so it must be like a similar thing. Yeah. Like it's just a role play server for Arma where you don't play, you know, Arma, you play standard human. Yeah. You, what I will say though is like that's not those two things that they announce as the inspiration are nowhere close to what I imagine. I could name 10 pieces of different games. Uh, Or I can name 10 games and pieces of them that seem like it inspired this game. Just based on the trailer and what they said you could do in there. Because it's it's only towards the very end where they're like... And, you know, you could also go be an outlaw and, and grief people. But, you know, you'll have to deal with consequences of the players. It reminds me of a more in-depth Second Life. Yeah, other than that, it just sounds like the next evolution of Home and Second Life. Yeah. Oh, God, I haven't thought of Home in a long time. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was kind of... During one of the times that we briefly had internet, it it was the most disappointing ever. Home was at its peak, and I was walking around trying to check out demos, and I'm not shitting you, in 30 minutes... I had no less than six people ask me to send them pictures of my tits because my avatar was female and I didn't have a microphone. Oh, that happened to you too? Yep. Yeah. Dude, you didn't get asked for pictures of your tits. You got asked to dom somebody. (laughs) Hey, just because you asked me that doesn't make it true. (laughs) But seriously, will you? We'll talk after the recording. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, the game looks neat. It's just stupidly ambitious, and for a small studio, yeah. I wish them the best. I've never the heard of these people before. It out. It, dude, I ha- they could be I a, haven't either. They could be a big studio announcing what this game is trying to say it can be capable of, and I still think that it's overly ambitious because, like, now, I know that we live in a new era. We live in a world where the where mobile architecture can run The Witcher 3. Um, I get that, but this sounds like the bullshit you come up with when you're, like, 15, imagining, like, you know what would be cool if you could do in a game? And then you just describe basically living your own, uh, an, an entire life and all the freedom life gives you. Oh, no, it, it, it exactly reminds me of that, because I definitely came up with that game Yep. But it was space pirates instead of, you know, rule America. Oh, see, I came up also, with I came up with the same game, but it was more Grand Theft Auto leaning, and then it died when my buddy was like, and then you could just rape anyone you wanted to. I was like, ah, oh, Jesus what? fucking God. What are you talking also, about? Also, <laughs> one one part of this trailer that just bugged the shit out of me. Not not bugged me, but it was like they were building roads to a new city. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Jesus so, fucking you know, God all... would be masturbation. Go ahead. Also, you, you know, so they're building roads to a new city, which I assume is going to take time. So am I going to have to deal with fucking road construction in this game? I deal with that enough in real life. I don't need it in a game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's a weird rant to go down. No, but you're right. Like place to end the episode. But no, you're absolutely right. Like, um, that's why. That's why there aren't like. Uh, that's why no game tries to be a true second life because nobody wants to deal with the day-to-day menagerie yeah there's there's certain results i, I can't think get. of the word menagerie is fine but uh probably not but who cares 
we don't have to be fancy. But yeah, it's like there are certain things in life that happen just because of the fact that you could do certain things. Putting it in a game wouldn't get rid of those problems. No. It's not like at how all. it's like how GTA has no traffic laws. You don't have to stop yeah. at a stoplight. But if you get yeah, online that's... and it was only on if it was just populated one hundred percent by human drivers, traffic wouldn't be better in GTA. No. No. I'm just waiting for this game to come out and they're like, everybody use the road. No, you're gonna see semis just off roading mm-hmm. to their destination. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they'll give some in-game reason why that can't happen. Like, oh, you'll break your cargo. I don't care. I will say, the idea that I could start a hardware store, right? And I'm waiting for... It, hold on. I'm... What? Is it the norm to get into a car, then drive off-road, then drive off a cliff? At least one? Yeah. Well, that'd be cool to see them do, but, but the idea that... I could, uh, you know, work my way up and purchase a building and start a hardware store. And then I'm waiting for my inventory shipment. Meanwhile, all the way across the world in a South Korean uh, gaming cafe, there's some dude who just started as a trucker and he has to deliver uh, inventory to my shop. That's kind of cool. No, that's super neat. And it'll it, never work. You know, if it, no, it'll never work. But if it did, you know what? I'd probably play the shit out of this game. Mm-hmm. I'd be honest. But anyway, I'm gonna. I, I'd say that's a decent place to end. What do you think? Yeah. Go ahead and uh, uh, plug got... the Facebook and stuff. Yeah, uh, you can follow us facebook.com slash group slash gaming casual podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at gaming casual pod and. At Sedge Gaming and at King Cable. Yep, those are our Twitters, and you can also find me on twitch.tv slash Lord Sedge, and you can find Control, even though he's not here this week. Um twitch.tv slash control freak and Facebook.com slash Z Guru Review. You can un- find this podcast wherever you're currently listening to it. And we'd appreciate it if you'd share it with all of your friends because that's that's how we're going to get more people listening to us. That's how you can support us if you want to. Currently, just word of mouth. Share us with your friends. Anybody that you might think would be interested in listening to two or three idiots rant about games for an hour and a half, roughly. Yep, and anytime we don't have all the details, or even whenever we do, one of us will always play devil's advocate on any touchy issue. Yep. But we'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a good night or a good morning. Deuces. Hey guys, Sedge here. I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to our intro music, 8-Bit Onward by Heatley Bros. You can find them on YouTube, and I will be posting a link in the description. Thanks. Bye.